This podcast contains the best of those bad words and may contain difficult discussions of all things related to love, particularly the bad parts. Previously on Bad at Love, we discussed how bad we are at love. We're so bad. Want to know how bad? How bad? How bad are we? <laughs> We're so bad. Check out our last podcast to find out. Yeah, no, high school was a bit more... I kind of lost touch. That was about the beginnings of losing touch with my, you know, other friends. Because mm-hmm. when you leave a certain situation and whoever's like currently in your life and, you know, they're growing up in a new high school. I'm in a new high school. Yeah, we you still, split apart. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was still like friends with them. But like because I wasn't there all the time, things happened without me. Right. But then I had my own friends. Ah, oh, Gosh, I would say I had a pretty, like my first, was it first year? Like, no, he didn't come in until later. My first year, I didn't really have anybody. They were key boys and stuff, but I was learning who and everything Mm -hmm. was. We were separated into kind of separate groups. I did have like a crush on someone who it was a purposeful crush that like we knew nothing would happen. We called him Sex God (laughs) because he was like your typical – because again, at Arts High School, I was in the theater department. Mm -hmm. We had the musicians, Mm -hmm. dancers, media group, and then writers – and he was like your typical like front singer, like oh, uh-huh. the flowing hair, Ooh. but like no one talked to him. Oh. <laughs> like he was too cool, okay. and so it just became it was a joke within our friendship. So it wasn't like a real crush. It was right. one of those like oh, but sex god, you know, because <laughs> um, he just exuded sexual everything. It was senior year that I actually had like a crush on a guy, and it became like this. Like, I was best friends with another girl, and then he came, and that was, like, our friendship the first year, and then second year, because this was only a two-year high school, he uh, came in as a senior, mm-hmm. and he became a good friend. That's when I was like, oh, my God, becoming friends. We're learning about Uh-oh, each other. We're di- here we go. You know, like whatever. And we legitimately had a moment where, like, Ooh. after a long time of me, like, starting to get feelings because uh, I lived in the dorms mm-hmm. at that high school. Every Thursday, I think it was, was because uh, everyone had separate – there was no co-ed, obviously. Mm-hmm. But on Thursdays for like two hours, you were allowed to go to the opposite gender's rooms. Oh. And, and they just... would have coordinators oh. that would consistently like walk around and check up. Uh-huh. But so And they had rules where it was like you had to have your feet – on the ground. <laughs> like, There's a lot you can do at jumping I on the know. ground, child. But it was like you weren't allowed to have like – they had certain rules that were in place to make sure. Doors open, feet on the ground. Yep, doors open, feet oh on the ground. My. If they found you with either of those broken, like privileges would be taken away, Ooh. calls would be taken – you know, my you could be goodness. kicked out of the dorms, etc. Like wow. we had to sign in by 9 p.m. that we were, you know, in. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was 10 p.m. Like all doors had to be closed. You were in your room, no sounds whatsoever. I mean, there's – I mean, obviously, like we, were, jail. we were high school students that were underage. Mm-hmm. So, like, it made sense. But you were artists. Of course we were. Yeah, so this guy was someone that I was, like, hardcore crushing on. And it was one of those nights. Um, my third friend, because we, we would do everything together, us three. And mm. then for whatever reason, she was gone. 
And so we had one of those nights, and we were watching a movie, and we were talking, and for some reason we got on the topic of kissing. Uh Uh-oh. And while we were talking about it, it got to a point where he was like, yeah, I mean, you just kind of go for it and blah, blah, blah. And this is how – because I was like, oh, I've never had, like, an Mm -hmm. actual kiss before. And he was like, oh, well, it kind of feels like this, blah, blah, blah. And there was, like, this pause moment. And then all of a sudden, like, we both kind of were like – gulped and then I was like I need water and he was like yeah totally so do I and we did that or whatever but like in because I had no clue this was like my first time that I felt like I was okay to like the opposite gender because Mm -hmm. they weren't dickheads Mm -hmm. and so a week later all of a sudden him and my friend stopped like really talking to me and they would go off and do stuff on their own and all of a sudden like a week after that I was like what the fuck or whatever and then I found out that they were dating. That they were dating. <gasps> they decided to start dating. Oh. So that's what it was. It was a weekend because on a weekend, like I would say, I was an RA at that uh-huh. time. And so a weekend, we had like a weekend alone together type of thing. And we were all hanging out in one of the quads and like listening to music and stuff. And then he like left at one point and then never came back. And we we're like, what the fuck's going on? And then, then I found out it was because a week prior to that moment, he had begun dating my friend. And they decided not to tell me. Oh. I don't know why. Well, they didn't want you to feel like a third wheel. Right. But then they ignored me for like a week or two. And then when I finally found out, they started talking to me. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we're dating now. And I was like, oh, okay. And in my head, I was like, okay, I can deal with that. Like, that sucks. Uh-huh. But like, whatever. And then I found out they were dating a week prior to even telling me, like for all that, or for two weeks prior to even telling me. And that's when I was like okay, I can't do this right now, like, because you guys kind of fucked me over. Yeah. And there have been other things prior to that, too, Uh that were issues, like, to be fair. But that kind of, I would say, is a good example of a lot of my dating. Mm -hmm. The Either the don't want to say anything and they end up dating someone else, or just the whole, like, me liking someone and, like, us feeling even more intimate and having those moments. But then being, But then them being, like, actually, there's other things happening and over here. Mm. And then the horrible dating careers after that. So, but yeah, so that was, like, my high school, my whole everything. Never really having crushes or anything because everyone's kind of a dickhole. And then... Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, happen. that's it. You yada, yada, yada through... The rest of well, it? Well, no, I mean, like, because then after college, there was another guy friend who I was super close with, and I sort of had a crush on, but I never knew, and I didn't want to ruin anything. Years later, found out that he had a huge crush on me. Now he's married. And he ended up quitting college. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I never, like, after that year. But that was the whole thing, too, because I was uh, that friend from that from high school. We ended up not being friends. Mm-hmm. After, like, in college and stuff. Because she she pulled some kind of shit that I finally was like, you know what? I'm not going to be here anymore. So he, like, after he and I were becoming really good friends, he met her because we ended up going to the same college. Oh. And he started hanging around her and stuff. And that, made, that put me off from it. Right. And then he ended up quitting college. And so that was that. I kind of, there was another guy. He was much younger. He had a huge crush on him, but he had, like, a shitty-ass girlfriend. What's much younger mean? Like, uh, so I was, like, a junior in college. He was a freshman. Oh. <laughs> Back in the day, it was, like, a huge thing. Mm-hmm. But he had, like, a shitty-ass girlfriend. We had classes together. 
and it was super fun and all that kind of stuff. But then in my head, I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know if I want to be with a guy who stays in that terrible type of a relationship and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing and I had a lot of guy friends too that they possibly could have had crushes on me but I was so like I got to a point like after those like event stuff that I was like never again like I never wanted to deal with that type of situation again so So I just was I kind of like shut myself off from that where I was like I'm just gonna get through college okay and so I had a lot of guy friends maybe they had crushes and stuff but I pretty much like like never I was like okay that could have been a thing it's not a thing though because I've decided it's not a thing that's just kind of like what that did so I have no idea it would be interesting to talk with those folks again (laughs) whether or not like they were like wow but you're just kind of like that's nothing and wouldn't even allow anything you know because I was very much so like okay whatever that's what that was so I graduated in 2010 yeah that was college like I had random like kisses and stuff like that Nothing with anyone important. Never with anything, like, worthwhile. No long pining, no none of that stuff? No. Honestly, no. Because, like, like, I was so, I guess you could say, heartbroken from that experience in high school. Mm -hmm. That's when kind of, like, weird mistrust finally started entering my realm. You know? I started seeing other people in relationships. And then I was like, God, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, I had a really good best friend at that time that I would visit her in Duluth. And, like, she had a long-term boyfriend. But then that started going south and weird stuff. And I was like, God, I don't want to deal with that either. Like, it was mostly, like, me just trying to avoid drama. Mm -hmm. I really did not want to deal with that stuff. Like, he was an abusive emotionally type stuff. And then she ended up getting an physically abusive boyfriend and then she like I saw her with another guy who's actually now really one of my good friends lead him on and do shit and I was like I don't want to be that person and I don't want to be in that type of situation Mm -hmm. and so I kind of just was shutting myself off from having to deal with it because I just really didn't want to I didn't want to be associated with any of that type of behavior Mm -hmm. or emotional anything it sounds terrible (laughs) Well, I mean, it sounds like, again, for me, it's more of that fear of, like, I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, I didn't want to be hurt. protecting yourself. I was protecting myself 100% Mm -hmm. from so many things. And a lot of that, I think, is, like, my parents were very honest with me growing up Mm -hmm. when it came to drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. That I was, and I was very good about being like, okay, I'm accepting this. Like, I don't need to do something like that because looking from these experiences. Like, I was kind of taking the advice Mm -hmm. that was thrown at me. So I didn't get a lot of experiences that a lot of teenagers, I guess, would Mm -hmm. get because I wasn't willing to have that. That I was like, okay, I already know the outcome. Why would I do it? Right, right. Which is unfortunate because you learn a lot of things when you actually do the things. Right. That's just kind of what I did. (laughs) Is that... Pretty much where you are now. I know no, that you've had no, no, some no, no, no. No, so late twenties and stuff is finally when I like got rid of my virginity and all mm-hmm. that shit. Um, and but like again, after college is when I was like, I'm gonna actually try dating. Uh-huh. So that's when Tinder was coming about, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, well, Tinder was a little bit later, but. Like, that's when I started dating. So one of the guys that um, I met someone right after college that I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute and amazing. 
but he was super attached super quickly. And when I say that, I mean like mm-hmm. I, I gave it. him my phone number. He called me that night, which typically in normal like terms, I know this sounds terrible, but like you it. don't expect for two days. Right. But I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like he's super. But then he was asking me all these questions mm-hmm. about every single thing about a part of my life. Yep. And I was a little aggressive and I was kind of like thrown back by mm-hmm. it. And then I found out later that actually he was in the system as considered of a pedophile. <laughs> and he told me Whoopsie the situation do. about it. Because, like, uh-huh. he's like, I'm only telling you this because while we were conversing, you talked about how trust was such a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be open with you. But, like, so essentially. At least he listened. Right. So essentially what had happened with him was, like, he was 19. She told him that he, she was 16, they mm-hmm. ended up having sexual relations, and then found out that he was, she was 13. <gasps> oh. Parents went against him, uh-huh. and so he ended up going to prison. Oh. And then he ended up having to go to prison for the second time, <laughs> because when you are out as, you know, a sexual predator, you're not allowed to be on social media and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, because it, it's sexual right. predator sure, tendency. Sure, sure. Um, and so then he ended up, uh, after like a year of being out or something like that, but he was in a band. Mm-hmm. So they created a social media profile on oh, my face, no. uh, uh, my space, um, to do, you know, to have it. Mm-hmm. And he like knew about it, but then he was like, ah, I'm going to do this anyway. Cause like, it's a band. It's not me. And then I ended up having to go back because he went against the law. And so like, he ended up telling me all of this. So this was like within like a week. Wow. That's a lot. It was a lot. And then he was just very, like, I think he was just in a place that was very, like, oh, my God, a relationship, da, 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 this person uh-huh. understand. And I was just, like, Ugh, I'm out of college. <laughs> this is a lot of information. And I ended up having to break up with him in a 45-minute phone call because, like, uh, during that time period, I was doing film and stuff like that. And I was filming a wedding. And uh, he kept calling me, and he left me a voicemail, and he, like, texted me. Even though I told him, I was like, please don't contact me because I'm going to be too focused on Mm -hmm. this. And he ended up doing it anyway. And then I was like, you know what? This is just too much too fast. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having to tell – like, literally, I remember the words of me saying, this isn't a Disney movie. (laughs) This isn't, like – you. I don't know you at all. And, like, this is so much so fast (laughs) – and he was like, but I feel a connection. Mm. And I was like, I don't. Oh. And I'm sorry. But like, it's just, so that caused me <laughs> to not date for about a year. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck that. And then there was a guy at my work that I would, like, we would flirt and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, oh, he's cute. And I actually ended up telling my parents about him. Ooh. And then I found out that he was in a relationship with a woman and she was pregnant and (laughs) he had had another woman who is also pregnant so like he had gotten her pregnant then a month later started dating someone else so he had two babies that were happening at the same time you could have been a stepmama and i think he was living with possibly both of them oh my god and so i was like holy shit what's going on (laughs) So that's when I was like, fuck, I have something wrong with me. Like, I'm in this – because, again, I was living in a small type of area, like, work business. So I was like, I just – so then, again, I shut that down, and I was like, I'm out. Um, Sort of. Because then I started getting a crush on another guy. But then he was in a relationship, a long-distance relationship with her. 
And like we were getting super close. And then I got to the point where the reason I left my job was because it was just too intense. Mm -hmm. There was some shit that was going down or whatever. And then he was trying to comfort me from something. And then I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just, I can't work here anymore. And I'm just not, you know. So that's when I met you when I went to my other job. Got it. So I broke off from that. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) Then we started fucking doing that stupid math shit (laughs) for that month. And then I was like, oh, my God, everybody's racist. And then. That was my fault. (laughs) But then I tried Tinder for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them, because again, with the nerd culture, becomes like this very difficult atmosphere to work in. Like I went on a date with a guy who every time he approved of something, he would clap. Like literally? Yeah. He would just be like, oh, that is so good. Like every single thing. And then I went on a date with a guy who um, would ask to make sure he kind of had a checklist where like if certain nerd things credentials oh, would kind of sure go off. Oh, making sure you met them. Making sure, well, just sort of just be like, what kind of thing did you do in that video game? Did you save so-and-so oh, from, okay. from that? Like, okay. because I could not imagine dating someone and me just be like, holy shit, like I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> and there was another guy that I had kind of a crush on, but he had so many other issues. Like he had told me that he would never date a black woman. Oh, And wow. I was like... The fuck? Well, why? Well, why? I, I couldn't. Yeah. Like, of course, well, me at that time. Like, never I couldn't. Mind. We, I've met that one. Right. You met him. <laughs> and I was like, ugh, holy shit. Like, so then I took another break from dating after all of these <laughs> terrible scenarios. And, like, essentially, it just started, like, turning into more of a now of me being like, it's just a chore. It's a <laughs> fucking chore. Every single time. It just turns into this like, oh, you have all that shit going on. And I know I've got my own baggage and it just doesn't feel like this is terrible of me. Like it just doesn't feel equal. Because you feel you have less than they do? Or because there's as much more that you don't feel like being bothered with? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> that, I guess I would say. Like them, well, a lot of it felt like there was one guy that I that I went on a date with that I was like, oh, I kind of knew it was going to go nowhere. Like, I was like, I had no, like, connection. We didn't really, like, we had some things in common, but, like, I just wasn't feeling it. But he kept being like, you're doing, because so, I've traveled overseas quite a few times. And, I, you know, I've had all these other experiences. And he was like, you're who I want to be. Like, in, like, five years, me being like, uh-uh, I'm not going to be, like, on this pedestal for you type of situation. More of that kind of scenario where it's, like, they have all these issues and them being, like, essentially saying, but you can save me. Like, ah, okay. you know, essentially saying, like, you're so normal, you're so, you know, put together mm-hmm. that, like, you know, I, I really like you because you're put together and stuff and I'm such a mess. And me being, like... Well, I'm really a mess. You guys don't really know it. Well, maybe like yeah, I'm, I'm a mess too. <laughs> That's a unfair. Mess and I don't show it. <laughs> I'm a mess and you don't know it. And that's pretty true. I mean, like, my diaries that I got rid of a lot of them. <laughs> like, the reason I was so happy oh and God. so ready for the world was because I was writing out all the shit of my messes and all that stuff. Yep. Like, I was putting in the background, being like, fucking A, this happened again. And, like, by getting that out, then I felt like normal like day-to-day was a little bit easier 
by being like, that shit's over here. Like, I don't need to worry about it. And, you know, also I had friends at the time that weren't great supporters. Essentially, like, it just turned into this where I was like, dating is a problem. Like, it's (laughs) horrible to deal with. Nobody's normal. Now, when you were overseas... Only one time, really, overseas, and that was Ireland, mm-hmm. which you know about. Yeah. And he was a misogynistic dick asshole. So do you feel like there's a pattern? Oh, yeah. Emerging? By that time, I okay. knew that there was a pattern um, because, like, again, my relationship that I had with my brother, mm-hmm. like, manifested itself many times where I realized in college that this was a continuous thing that I was like, oh, I'm choosing – somehow I don't know how mm-hmm. I was choosing them like mm-hmm. I don't know how I knew because mm-hmm. it wasn't until later that I was well deep into like oh they're so fun and they're so great and they're so whatever that I would like oh but they have all these other problems how did I mm-hmm. you know gloss but, over those right so but like me it was always me trying to be like since I couldn't fix that relationship mm-hmm. these other guys over here maybe I could fix that and then mm-hmm. I would have that sense of closure that I could never get with okay. that other relationship so that's how I kind of put it down so do you find that you were looking for more of not a brother figure per se but that kind of a like a relationship of closeness that you didn't necessarily have with your brother like game like you guys can play games you can right. talk you can joke you can do all of those things and you also knew that they wouldn't betray your trust and confidences i'm not like what right. were you trying to seek when you were seeking out these people that ended up having the same sort of traits as misogynistic him. asshole maybe that's yeah it. okay um i honestly don't know i don't know if it was part of it was me being like maybe i could change that which is always mm-hmm. a typical stereotypical i should say woman Mm-hmm. trait mm-hmm. or because again reading so many books mm-hmm. and seeing how like this is how it's supposed to be is that like you have these people who have flaws and you're friends but then they change right and they grow right but then realizing that in real life people, people don't, don't always grow got it. they don't always do mm-hmm. that sort of thing and so me being like wait this isn't how that was, was supposed to be i don't understand you know, and as being a literal person, as yeah. you know I am, oh being like, but all of these things taught me. <laughs> and being like, oh, real life, though. Um, <laughs> Give me a book any day. <laughs> I know. Honestly. Although we've learned from our last podcast, that is not the fucking case at all. So past Mallory was just as naive as I thought she was. Um <laughs> No, I think it was a little of that. I think a lot of it was because, you know, growing up um, – the friends that I had, if they had siblings, they were very close. And you and I wasn't. Desired that. And so, and I know that's not the case. Like, I know, like, especially as an adult now, the, we were in a very small town. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, when you, especially in Minnesota, like, it's a very, we have a different culture here that I've realized where, mm-hmm. and you were the first one to really fully point it out that I was like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> where, right. no, don't apologize. Like, it's super... There was a pushback to it recently because there was an article about, I would say, like six months to eight months ago about saying that Minnesota was one of the number one places um, to live because Mm -hmm. everybody was happy in Minnesota nice. And then there was a week later a backfire to that saying, you know, from the outsider's point of view, it's fucking hard to come to Minnesota. It definitely is. And try to make friends or anything because Mm -hmm. so frequently the people who are here – they grow up with each other. They stay in the same mm-hmm. place. Nothing ever changes. And I grew up as a person always wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. Always wanting to leave. Like, I 
You never that, felt a part of. I never felt a part of the community. But even when I did, looking back at my journal entries, like, because uh, when I went overseas two years ago, three years ago now, I found out, that's when I found a lot of my old journal journals still. And I was reading through them. And from, like, even 10 years old, I was talking about the fact of, like, oh, I want to see the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to see what else is out there. I don't know what else is, you know, this is so small and so crazy. And, mm-hmm. like, nothing happens here. I want to see what's going on out there. And actually doing that and then coming back and realizing that, yeah, most of these people, and that that made me feel even more of an outcast, was coming back to a place where, you know, I have still a lot of friends who are best friends with people from Mm -hmm. elementary school. Yeah. And me not having that. Right. And feeling crazy for not having that. But then when I speak with other people, especially, you know, Older people that I would become friends with, you know, in their 60s and 70s. and Like me. You are not in your 60s and 70s. (laughs) But like older people just in general Mm -hmm. and like having more of a grown-up job Mm -hmm. like and talking with people and them being like, no, that is not how typical normalities work. So that's made me feel a little bit better knowing that like, okay, I'm not fucking crazy. You know, having that type of culture and me wanting more, I would go on dates with guys that I'm sure were perfectly great fine guys. But their mentalities were, and I want to stay here forever and not doing anything else with my life. Yep. And that made me not want to date. You know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, that's great. I'm so glad for you. But... I'm just looking for something more. I'm looking for, you know, I want a partner in crime that we can explore the world together and not be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to find because most people here in Minnesota, even in the cities, mm-hmm. are very... Rooted in the city. They're rooted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either they're in the city and they never want to leave to go to suburbia because no, that's God, where no. all the crazy people are at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you're out where the quote-unquote crazy people are at and mm-hmm. they're all like, why would you want to go down there? Right. Because all those folks, it's going so fast and they're moving so whatever. Mm-hmm. So as great as Minnesota is, I've lived here for most of my life. I've left it frequently and I feel a better person for it. <laughs> but it makes it hard for dating. It does. It makes it very hard for dating. So yeah, now we're back to where I'm at now, which is I'm I, I would I will honestly say I am not unhappy being single. Okay. Like I don't think that uh, there are times where like oh yeah like when you know because I have a lot of married friends mm-hmm. I have a lot you know so there are times where like if I want to hang out and they're like oh no we're doing this over here and then all of a sudden everybody's doing something because they have their partner right I'm like oh shit God I have no <laughs> nobody right. else to do something with right guess uh, I'm your stereotype of you know drinking wine Netflix and chill on my own. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, there's not, like, this desperate need anymore mm-hmm. as there was when I was a child thinking, like, oh, you find the prince charming. And right. now, now I'm more like, I'm okay with that. Like, as mm-hmm. even though I'm like, oh, God, you know, I'm drinking wine in here alone, I have a good night <laughs> and I'm <laughs> laughing. Don't worry about Yeah, <laughs> I'm still, like, I'm happy in that uh-huh. respect. So it's not, like, this desperate need of I have to have someone. Like, I'm even looking in the future, I still feel this sense of... I know that I will have accomplished something or, mm-hmm. you know, I will get to it somewhere where I'll be like, oh, sweet. I did all this other extra stuff. Right. So that's satisfying. I also get, like, as you get older, I do believe, even with if it's with friendships or whatever, we're not meant to be alone. No. No, we're not. You know, we need to have conversations and talk with people mm-hmm. and, and do things. Interactions. 
And it's a lot easier when you do have someone who you know is always on your side. I have now understood within the past like three to four years of understanding because I never understood marriage. Mm -hmm. I never got it. And seeing more of it, going on road trips for long periods of time with people like my mom Mm -hmm. or like having gone overseas and spending like three months with Mm -hmm. these strangers but getting to know them so well Mm -hmm. and understanding that it's like, yeah, having like someone like marriage isn't just kind of like, yeah, we're married and everything's perfect. It's you you can grow together. Mm -hmm. You do speak with each other in a way that, like, even if you don't necessarily agree, there's support. Okay. And, like, that's hard to find, especially in a time of 2018. Yeah, it just, I, I finally see that, and so I can see the appeal, and I'm not as against it as I was. Oh. So, within the so past five years. So, marriage now. I can see it as a viable option Ooh. of being, like, if I met the right person, hmm. who can do all this stuff? Like, I feel, like, there was a... You know, good period of me being like, well, fuck that. Mm -hmm. And now me being like, okay, when it's healthy, Mm -hmm. it It can be good. good. Like, even if you have a bad, like, because to me, like, again, because I've never been in a longer term relationship. Mm -hmm. And me being, so those short ones and ending it and being like, oh, that was unhealthy and stuff. But that's not always the case. Right. And that, like, even in a healthy relationship, you can have a bad four months, six months, even a year. Mm -hmm. Because you both are committed and working towards, like, it still could be something. Yeah, it's interesting, the path that I've been on in that respect. Huh. I'm I'm not happy or excited ever about dating, ever. (laughs) You know that, like, a year ago or whatever, when I went on a speed dating thing, I was like, (laughs) like, I'm here for a story. I'm not here for a relationship. Wow. See, maybe it's that attitude that didn't land you anybody. Give me a good date. Wow. Just saying. I mean, all the sex that I've had has been more of a, like, I have needs versus, like, a having <laughs> an actual connection here. Just saying. Are you sure you want to put oh, this Oh, yeah. In? No, that's completely fine to me. Like, because <laughs> I don't, you know, in the end, I'm, like, most of the time, like, I just, I can't get past. So that's, like, where I'm at. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, Mallory just put it out on Front Street, y'all. Hey, you read through very personal journals, too. So that's what I got. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Anywho, I mean, that's how many fucks I give at this point. That's showing you where I'm at. Now we're at the point where, like, you have moved to Minnesota. Yes, so now Sven and I are living together. I moved here in 1999, and Sven and I lived together until the end of 2004. Okay. It did not end well. Shocking. (laughs) Um, Hey, let all the listeners know out there know how brave you fucking were. This was fucking huge. In I mean, that day and age, very big to deal. move for an internet thing that yes. you weren't 100% yep. sure on, you moved and in. And it was an interracial relationship. State. Like, it's a whole Inter- lot yes. of stuff. Whole and thing. I moved to this white-ass place. Which, let's all be real, a lot of it was Prince. I mean, that's how we became friends to begin with. <laughs> but um, there were some issues between Sven and I. Like, I realized that there was an alcohol problem on his end. And um, within my own... 
familial relationships, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say the men have vices and the ladies all just deal with them. And so that is what I assumed was my role. Mm. So for pretty much, I think, very, very early on, I realized that this was what the issue was. And then I was like, well, you just have to deal with it because that's what everybody does in our family. That's what we do. We hold it down. There had come a point that we um, were deciding whether or not to buy a home together. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in time where um, I had provided, I gave a 30-day challenge of, can you stop for 30 days? When you were buying the house, did you know of this problem at that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had learned about the problem probably six months in. Oh, okay. I couldn't, at that point, it had... There was so much tied into me coming here and it being successful and it working. I couldn't turn tail and run home when I realized it. So I had to suck it up and deal. At this point, we're talking like two or three years down the road. No, because this was 2003-04. So like around that 2004 time frame was when we decided that we were looking at buying a home. And I was like, so for 30 days, can you do this? Like, just show me that you can. And they were unable to. They did not make 30 days. And at that point, I was devastated, but I didn't know what to do. Because again, it's kind of like I put all my eggs into this basket and I love this person and what I you know, thought to be love. And that this is what you do. And they couldn't do this one thing for me. And it was a really difficult place to be. And it was one of those shit or get off the pot moments. Right, right. And I just decided to shit. I remember it. So it's so weird and it's going to sound so strange, but I literally was moping around and being sad about it for like a good long while. And then one day I was like, okay, we're going to drink this glass of water and then that's it. We're going to just move on. Oh, wow. And so I did that and it was fine. But um, I also <laughs> was, I had more of an active social life. So when I first moved here... Sven was the only person I knew mm-hmm. and wasn't very, um, I don't want to say receptive, but wasn't as supportive as I thought they would be in terms of like my integration and acclimation into mm. everything. It was kind of like, we'll get some friends and get a life kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, so I did. Like I ended up making friends and getting a life and going out and hanging out and having fun and doing things. When I moved here, I didn't drink. Um, but when in Rome, so I started to experiment more with alcohol and different things like that, uh, which, you know, was fine. Uh, and it led to, <laughs> she says, as we now drink wine, as I'm drinking a <laughs> bottle of it. Um, and we have a good, uh, yeah, led to <laughs> the end of our, it actually was the catalyst for the end of our relationship, ironically, but We also, like, had some issues with intimacy. And for me, I kind of talked myself into believing that you didn't have to physically have sex to be intimate. Like, the Mm -hmm. fact that we were in such close proximity and we could talk to each other and all of that was was intimacy enough. And um, so for basically about four years, we were not physically intimate Mm -hmm. with each other because of the the drinking and Mm -hmm. my own issues with my mental health and my depression and... Um, I went through a very serious, serious depression when I first moved here and um, 
tried to commit suicide a number of times. So different things like that. And, you know, that was not fair for, to just lay that on that poor man. And I felt terrible about that as well. So, you know, it was just a lot. So one day I, I was working in a company. We all got along super great. We would go and hang out. Like, Do I know any of the people who... We're no. associated with that part. No. Okay. Uh, you do know Hillary. That's okay. So she was, okay. I didn't know if she was a part of that. Or... She was. And she's actually in this okay, particular cool. last journal. But, Who's amazing, um, by the way. Hillary, I love you. Yes. She's an amazing lady. And one day she might listen to this and hear it. Um, <laughs> she already knows it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we, I would roll, like we would hang out and get fucked up and like have fun. <laughs> it was just a group of us and we would have a good time and do stuff. But there was someone that I used to work with there at this company that I was working at. And I hated them so much because I thought they were so fucking weak. Because they came in as like a leader Mm. in a leadership role. And they were fucking weak as fuck. And I was just like, you are such a pussy. You've got no balls. You can't do this and that and the other. But like when we would go drinking and hanging out, we had a lot in common and things like we would joke around. It'd be fun. I'd be like, you know, it'd be super cool for Sven to get to know you because Sven didn't have a lot of friends. Sven was sitting at home gambling and drinking all the time. Mm. And I really wanted like them to get together and, and become friends. So a particular night, I go out to this happy hour. I actually invited Sven to it. Oh, and he was like, no, whatever. So I was like, okay, you know, because I wanted him to meet right, 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 Bjorn. Out of curiosity, so he would always do that. Did Sven have his own hangout group too? Sven didn't have friends. Okay, just curious. Cause, so he would tell you to go get friends, but he uh, but didn't have his own. Not really. So he's, I noticed like when I first came here and was like meeting people, I met some friends that he used to have and stuff like that, but he never would hang out with them. He'd never go to dinner or do whatever. They never came to the house, that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm, it would, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then eventually they kind of faded off. I'm not sure if they didn't like me. Maybe that was why, you know, that kind of a thing. But even still, he could have gone out and hung out. Like, I brought my friends to our house. Like, we'd have summer parties. We'd watch Sex and the City and stupid right. movies and, like, have weekends and all of that stuff. Like, I would be doing all of those sorts of things. And he was not part of that. So he didn't necessarily have a, an active social life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I thought he and Bjorn would get along super great because they had a lot in common. Right. And I invited him to that happy hour that I went to. And then he said no. And he did not go. And I got shit-faced. Drunk. As you do. Drunk AF. Like, A, I mean, I think I had alcohol poisoning. Like, AF. Like, we we were, I think we ended up at the 90s, the gay 90s. Like, (laughs) all I remember is at a certain point in time, this is why shots are bad. (laughs) <laughs> they are actually like I, I never recommend shots. Don't do I know shots. we joke about it and we make it's, it fun uh, yeah, while no. you're doing them, but on all no. reality, like never a good shots idea. Shots are bad. And this was so I will also pre-preface this with the fact that even in my dreams, I have monogamous sex dreams. So when I would have sex dreams, I would have sex dreams about my boyfriend. Oh. And this time, like right before this happy hour, I had a sex dream about Ty Pennington from Trading Spaces. <laughs> I don't know what you found attractive there. <laughs> he was cute. But still, I had a, right. a sex dream about someone else. And, and like, that it freaked me out. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And so let's just say all of these things happened. Like I drank the crazy water and did the stuff, whatever. That night, 
out having fun doing whatever. The next thing I know, I'm making out in a booth in the gay 90s <laughs> with this dude. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? And in my mind, I'm so fucking drunk. Like, I don't care. I'm just like, let's do this. And so then we literally go to a hotel downtown Minneapolis <laughs> and get a room. And the next thing I remember, I remember making out in the elevator of the hotel, going to the room, and then the next thing I remember, I am being penetrated. I swear to you, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it had been so long. I That was, it shocked you. I was like, wait, out this of the blackout. is weird. And in the brownout, I will say my brown state is kind of a blackout state, but a brown state. And then, like, we had sex, and we did all these things, and, like, in the moment, it was wonderful and exhilarating because I hadn't had physical intimacy in a long time. But also, I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, you're cheating on your boyfriend. What is wrong with you? You're a terrible person. The next day, I do the drive home of shame. Like, I literally was like, I didn't even call. I don't know if I called or said whatever or said whom I was with. Like, I was doing all these weird lies and all of this stuff that is so not me. And I literally was like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? I had to run to, like, Planned Parenthood and do Plan B because it was unprotected. Oh, no. And I'm, like, sitting and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm freaking the fuck out and I'm calling. But you were able to take care of yourself, which is good. Sure, but it was awful. And then I had to, like, come home and, like, figure it out. And I decided that this was not how I would needed to like if I could be capable of doing that and no matter what state I was in something is wrong in the relationship right. and for me that means something has to change but at the time I'm like I literally just turned third I was turning 30 mm-hmm. and I'm like okay well if, if we don't go progress then that's the end of my life and like I'm never gonna have a baby I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be married I'm not gonna do all of these things and I love him and I have to try to, to do this and I made this horrible mistake and I don't know what to do. So I immediately went started to go to therapy. Huzzah. I, I went into, um, I went back in to get my undergrad degree. Like I made all these huge changes. Yes. But um, it's still, I still end up doing stupid shit like trying to see if this was real with Bjorn again Aww. and like made a dumbass mistake that way and did it again. And then I was like, okay, this is a problem. And um, it just was awful. And the way that it ended between Sven and I was terrible. Because honestly, it ended up being about what I did and my infidelity. And not really about the main problem, which was had happened many years prior to that. Right. In terms of just this alcoholism problem and the drinking that was causing a lot of friction. And it's funny that drinking caused the end of her relationship, but it wasn't because of him, it was because of me. Right. And I was, and am, very ashamed and embarrassed, and and um, I regret hurting him, but I don't regret the ending of that relationship. It was something that needed to end. Right, right, right. It's just the way it went about. I would never, ever, ever, ever want to hurt someone in the way that I did, because it's a trust betrayal. That's really hard mm. for people to overcome afterwards. Oh, absolutely. And I regret that so much, and if he ever listens, I do sincerely apologize for that and I hope that they're happy and things are right. going well for them and all of that sort of stuff but so that is how 
things ended between Sven and I and Ooh. things with Bjorn began. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I... So do you notice that as a pattern then? Always ending a relationship when you're into another one. Mm-hmm. Technically, we didn't... We were friends again. It was a whole friend thing. Right. And we didn't start really hanging out until like a month after everything fully ended okay. with Sven. I mean, he was sort of in the picture in my mind and, you know, like, oh, I wonder. Because I, you know, like right. I hadn't had sex in a bajillion in eight years and it was actually good. And it was like, wow. And they were funny and I got along with them. Right. And it was like, this was, I thought this was the one. Like the literal, actual right. Neo Matrix oh. one. Wow. To the point where like I could, we could kind of read thoughts and like I could know what, like we were really in sync in a lot of different mm-hmm, ways mm-hmm. that freaked me out and thought made me really believe that this was it i will read this this is the end of that relationship of bjorn of bjorn okay okay i'm just gonna have a <laughs> oh you guys we are deep into this but this is how into both of us i would say this is how i went from that young, hopeful, romantic, everything's romantic, it could happen, mm-hmm, it's always mm-hmm. a possibility, so hopeful, to where I am now. Okay. Like, this is why Okay. I am the way I am, as my lovely friend and roommate calls me now, the Grinch of love. Oh. <laughs> no, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here I sit in this airport for the last time. I'm pretty embarrassed to my ridiculous notions that Bjorn actually was getting it, realizing that he did care for me in more than a friend way. For all intents and purposes, it has been like I was in a long-distance relationship. I just feel stupid. I traipsed around the country again for a man I thought was worth it, but in fact, he was not worth the first trip last summer. I should have ended ties when he left, but I couldn't. I have no idea why I couldn't. He had basically told me he didn't love me the day before he left for grad school originally, and I dumbly fucked him. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I dumbly fucked him that night because I knew he was clueless about what love was. Last time he was in love, he was a teenager in a relationship that ended badly. Love at that age is hormones raging, causing extreme emotions. We decided to be friends. I guess it was extra special friends or friends with benefits. He might not have loved me, but he sure liked to fuck me. I was stupid. I actually was in love with the jerk. And like women do, chose to stick with it and hope he would see the light and that I was a good fuck, smart, independent lady that was worth his time. We are together. It is just great. We behave like we're in a relationship, holding hands, rubbing the smalls of each other's backs, having great sex, and basically enjoying one another's company. I laugh so much, and I relax when I'm with him. I had previously been in a long-term sexless relationship with Sven. Bjorn and I hooked up one very drunken night, and I was still with Sven, not happily, The tryst woke me up and made me realize I have to make some serious changes, which I did. I changed my life completely, breaking up with Sven, going back to school. Bjorn and I started dating maybe a month after the fallout. We hung out as friends and then started screwing and going out. We were both happy, at least that's what he told me. I always had the suspicion in the back of my mind that he was using me for sex. 
I asked him constantly if he was, if he was, and he always said, and he always said never. We had a good year. This time was always a factor. He was in school and had to study, and he was going to be moving soon. And the fact that he was moving had always hovered over like a black cloud. There was always that tiny bit of hope that he would stay in Minnesota to be with me. So silly and juvenile, I know. But it could happen. Well, it didn't. And, <laughs> I'm sorry, don't laugh, but I had to even change this. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, and at Applebee's on a chilly New Year's Eve, I asked the question I... <laughs> And got the answer I wasn't expecting. I asked him how he felt about me, which resulted in a convoluted tear fest by him. He didn't want to hurt me, but he didn't feel for me what I felt for him or what he felt or what he felt when he was in a teenage relationship at that point. Now that he's like 30. (laughs) So he was younger than you or older? No, we're about the same age. We're the same age. He didn't know how he felt. His feelings to me were blurry. So at the table, (laughs) he's crying and I'm confused. He asks me to leave so he can regain his composure. Again. (laughs) Again, I found this odd (laughs) because I should be the one crying. So I went into the ladies' room and called Hillary, who also (laughs) thought it was ridiculous. (laughs) All I wanted to do was go home. Wasn't expecting an admission of love. I just wanted to know that he wanted to continue our relationship at a distance. So I asked, if you were still living here, would you still be seeing me? And he said yes. And that was all I needed to sleep with him (laughs) one last time. He seemed so happy to start his new life. And it was like there was no concern for my feelings at all. I couldn't believe it. And it was a tough winter. I had thoughts of suicide. I finally got fed up and decided to clean house, and things got better. But I still didn't get the hurt out from the way things had ended. I just let it go. In June, I went on a date from hell that was with someone from my college, which did not go well. And then confessed to Bjorn that the only person I was interested in was him. I don't think I got a response. I visited him in July and was asked to spend Thanksgiving with him, which I did. The time was fine. I missed my flight and he had to come back and pick me up. He works nights and thought and was thoroughly annoyed that um, the airline didn't allow me on the plane. And he was like looking forward to finally getting a few good hours of sleep, which made me angry because suddenly I'm a burden that prevents you from sleeping. (laughs) I was white hot angry and didn't talk to him for a while. At a happy hour back in Minneapolis, I told the gang what was happening and then called Bjorn later to keep me alert on the road and told him about the conversation I had about our incident. He proceeded to get angry about it, which spurred a full-fledged argument about everything. Uh, Later that night, I got an email from him saying that he is not upset about the drunken fight. He was surprised we haven't had a flare-up sooner. How he is glad we still maintained our friendship, despite the distance. How lucky he is to have me as a friend. The word friend set me off. Friends don't fuck each other, at least I don't. I seriously thought that we were more than that. I was annoyed about the situation. After a few days, I sent a note back, wishing him the best in life, basically saying goodbye. Uh, Time passed, and I suggested spending spring break down with him. And things actually went okay. The first four days of the visit, of the first four of the 10-day visit was going fine. 
But then by that Sunday, everything started, I started to feel like it was enough. He mentioned going to work and I thought that, I thought I should change my flight. He asked me not to and I didn't. I should really follow my instincts. Wednesday night, we went to an Italian restaurant at dinner. I had a drink and so I was chatty. We were talking about the last times we were uh, sick drunk. His last time was at his farewell party back in 2005. He, um, back then he was sidestepping, answering my, how do you feel about me question? And I was angry. When he got sick, I thought for a moment, serves you right for being a shit to me. So at dinner, I said, I delighted in the fact that you got sick because you were such a shit to me. Delight might have been the wrong choice of words (laughs) because he got pissed at me for wishing him sick. I couldn't believe that he was slipping out about something after a year. He uh, he couldn't even look at look me in my face. It was like I was an evil entity. He said he didn't know how vindictive I was. Again, I wasn't being vindictive. I notice when people screw me over that they get screwed in some way. I started to get angry at all the fun accusations about my moral character and the type of person I really was. So I said, I'll never say another word about myself to you because you tend to flip out. I said, you have no idea what I was going through at that time. And he insisted he did. And I told him he didn't. And at that point, he stormed out of the restaurant. I was trying to be casual as I left. The poor waitress ended up holding the door, which was just about slammed in my face. (laughs) He threw our leftovers in the backseat of his car. And I said, we're not leaving until we clear this up. The keys flew in the back of the car. And he sat in the driver's seat and slammed slammed the door. He was pissed. There were tears in his eyes. He said, don't tell me I don't know what you were going through. You think I feel good about you trying to kill yourself? Did you want me to lie and tell you I was madly in love with you when I wasn't? I said, you didn't handle the situation well. He said, when was the last time I, when was the last serious relationship I had? And I said, when you were a teen. He said, exactly. I have no idea what to do. I'm so fucked up. I never wanted to hurt you. You know that. Why do you think I was such a mess at the restaurant that night? And I said, hurt is inevitable. Inevitable. I guess I took it at heart because we got along so well and I thought we would be good together. You could have just been honest with me from the beginning. He said, I was exploring. I wanted to see where things would go and they didn't go in the right direction. I was so happy that we could be friends. I was proud of that fact. He said, can't you see where I'm coming from? The fact that you wish something bad to happen to me is devastating because I consider you one of my best friends. I said, I didn't wish it. I just happened to notice. He asked, would you still do that today? And I said, it just happens. I noticed. And he said, you don't get it. And I said, I wouldn't do that now. So finally, I say, maybe we shouldn't be friends. He kind of gasps and says, if after three fights you want to call it quits, then that's fine. I don't want to call it quits. I don't want that friends work. I think friends work through hard times or something. And I said, this is too hard. I don't think I can be just your friend when you move on and get a girlfriend. I don't think... I would want to know. And he says, well, I would hope if you had a boyfriend, we could still talk about stupid shit. I don't think I'll ever be in a relationship. I'm not very good at it. Besides, I never go out since I work nights and really have go out with people. And I said, well, I rarely go out with people and probably won't be in a relationship either. And then I think my plane landed. (laughs) (laughs) 
basically okay. at the end of that he had like this huge like rant of I don't love you, I don't love you, I'm sorry, I just don't love you, and that was pretty much solidifying in my mind that that he didn't love me. So Was that the last time you went on a date with someone? Uh well, I mean I did some like online dating okay. a couple of years after that, but I shut myself down pretty quick at this point. Point. And I okay. think in the beginning of it, like we had had some like ancillary conversations and I was like, well, I don't regret a thing. And I would, I would do it all again the same way because that's just how life is. You have to experience mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Not no. the same way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's bullshit. That was awful and it hurt quite a bit and it has sustained through. And as a result of that experience, um... I have pretty much shut down. So I have a few questions then. Okay. Have you ever actually been in love? Mm-hmm. Who and how many times? With Bjorn. With Bjorn. I would say, I would say I, but I don't know what love is. So mm-hmm. maybe I would say never. But okay. in those particular moments of time, I was in love with each and every single person I had a romantic relationship with. Okay. Long term. Okay. And then why do you think you stopped dating? Was it that moment? Because I couldn't trust myself to make a good decision. Okay. And then are you friends with any of those men that you've spoken about? No. I actually was friends with Bjorn for a minute. So like that all happened. And then maybe six to nine months later, he called randomly and I happened to be in New York and um, I thought, this is it. <laughs> he realized because I'm fucking stupid. Oh, aren't. Um, and I was like, oh my god, this is it. This is I'm. It's supposed to be this way. And so then I tried to have a friendship. It it was too hard because mm. I I had was too far gone in this relationship that I had with myself basically for like three years. It was. There was a point in time where we had, were hanging out. We got out. We were sitting in a bar having drinks and talking about this stuff. He was like, well, that was the happiest I had ever been and all this shit. Wow. And I was just like, I can't do this. And yeah. I literally came no, home and fair. I'm sitting there with my roommate and I'm like crying because I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot do this because like they really believe they don't want to be a bad guy in this whole entire situation. Right. And not that I'm making them out to be, but, like, they did some things that were really right. shady. Absolutely. Um, and I can't be friends because right. it's still, there's still that residual for me, like, that hope of all of that shit from when I was a kid. And yeah. How, TV and movies and everything transpire at the end he'll figure it out and he'll understand and he'll come to his he'll come to his senses and he'll realize that this, it is me like I am the person he's supposed to be with I am his lobster right 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 and uh, that didn't happen and that was never going to happen and in order for me to really get that through my head I had to extract myself completely and so I ended all com- communication and the last time I um I think he called me maybe another year later. He was dating someone mm-hmm. much younger. Um, <laughs> Shocking. And wanted me to meet her. And I was like, um, 
okay, sure, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm never. So wait, he. I was gonna say he called you a year later and said, "I want you to meet someone." Meet his girlfriend. That is so random and stupid. And wow, what the fuck? Well, he was like, "I miss you." Like we're friends and blah blah blah. I was like, "Uh huh, sure, yep." Set that up. I knew he wouldn't because I knew he's one of those bitches who is kind of like, when I get a girlfriend, I can't be your friend no more. It was that kind of thing. Right, that's stupid And so I was like, well, whatever. You know, do what you got to do. And that never transpired. And then one day I had this weird inclination to just like unfriend him on Facebook and it happened to be the day he was getting married to her. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like today how it just Elba is right. now engaged to oh, Kind of how the same it comes thing. And around, I was like, how it comes around. Well, that's an ending. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is what happened. But mm-hmm. I, I think I punish myself a lot more for things than I punish other people. And in this regard, I shut myself off and really built many, many, many walls around myself because I couldn't trust myself to make a good decision about a person. Mm. Because even though I knew in my heart I was making the wrong decision, I went with it anyway because I wanted it so badly. And if I can't trust my own instincts, then I'm not to be trusted. True. I understand that. I understand that. So that's why where I am... How I got to now, like how we have evolved right, to the Grinch right. of love. It's, to me, a really ridiculous construct, especially the way that it is portrayed out in our society. It doesn't work that way. I believe in love, and I believe that love manifests itself in different ways, where I am not blessed to have a relationship at this point in time. Like a romantic with, relationship. In romance. I have such a deep loving relationships with the people in my life that I think I would wouldn't trade that for anything like Mm. I love every single person in my life like they are my family they are my heart I would kill for them I would die for them it's I would love to have that companionship of someone else I would love to have to have that romantic portion of my life love tank filled or whatever but if it doesn't happen I'm okay with that because I know that I am capable of loving people and I am the biggest part of this is loving myself and that is what I'm focusing more on. I think for me there's a separation of it. It's like I don't want this person to be the last person I've ever slept with and it's been 10 years or 11. I don't want that to happen so I gotta knock those cobwebs out and just like I don't even if it's a rando I mean, like, a decent rando. But, like, a rando, I just got to get it out of the way because I just don't want this hanging over me anymore of, like, Bjorn is the last person. Like, it can't just be Bjorn, right? It has to be someone else. But for me, it doesn't work that way because it's very mental and it's that whole connection of, like, a mental connection and a physical connection. And so that doesn't just, I can't just go like pick some random dude up on the street and be like, hey, let's knock this out. It doesn't work that way for me, unfortunately. Otherwise, it probably would have happened already. But that's just not how I'm made. So I don't know if I still need to figure out, have a romantic relationship to get this cobweb knocked out, or if I can really separate it out. And that's, I guess, where I'm at at this point in time of like, but also even that makes me tired to even think about. Like, I don't even want to <laughs> fucking think about it. Like, the 
act of, of sex, the act of finding Ugh. it, the act of doing all that, act of shaving, the act of <laughs> all of it, I'm just like, mm, you know what, though? Like, there's a good documentary, like, marathon coming out, or, like, Matlock is on you it. You have I'd to shave for that shit, though. Yeah, I mean. So, no. Well, I'm not banging some millennial because that ain't going to work. <laughs> so I was going to say, I was like, I didn't shave all the time. <laughs> they don't care. You know, I do try to go at least within my age range. Why? I don't know. I don't know what other way to be. Shh. Also, like, I don't have game. So this is all. So this year. You think I have game? I was talking I'm to. Somehow getting it. After my birthday this year, I said, okay, this is the year that I want to go out and try and get this cobweb knocked out. Like, it's got to be 2018 for me to get this done. That'd be great. Like, I got to really figure out how to get on my grind, how to grind, how to, (laughs) what, you know, like, how to do a I'll find a drummer of a band for you. Flip and a, you know, handstand or something. Like, just to get this done. Like, to the point where at some points I was like, maybe I should buy a gigolo or something and just, like, do that. I mean, like, at least it would be fun. You know that you're going to get what you need. still, I'd be like, oh, I don't pay for it but i mean you pay for it regardless no, but like, right i'm just so, saying like in the end at least like you can be like this is what i like like you can be a forward in front like when you're emotionally involved you're like super concerned the whole time being like but oh, maybe do you mind that's moving it. your like, hand I just have to figure to out here how to instead take- or fine fucking i'll just take care of it like versus like a duo you're gonna be like dude this is what i want and i want it fucking right here and no not like th- like that thank you thank you the only unfortunate other part of this is that now in my new mental health regime, I am on an antidepressant that takes away your sexual urges. Oh, no. And so that's a whole other fun and exciting experience where you feel totally dead inside. <laughs> Not totally dead because the drunkenness came back. The drunkenness came back. And every now and again, you don't. I don't feel necessarily dead inside. And I'm like, oh, thank God. But then it's like, and it's gone. And so then I'm not sure how that'll all work itself out. It'll be a fun and exciting time to experience it. I just feel like now is a time, yeah, for me to knock the cobwebs out, sure. But also, like, I have to open myself up. I have hated who I am for such a long time. And that has manifested itself into all of these relationships. And in some way, I have... I have sabotaged every single one of them Ooh. just being me. And that's okay. I mean, stuff happens. Like, you don't know what you're doing because I you know. just have no idea. And it's totally fine. But now it's a different, like, I'm coming at it from a different perspective. And I can see that that emotion and all of that stuff is going out the window. And I don't necessarily care how I look that much anymore. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's cool. It's whatever. Yeah, I got some extra weight and I'm, you know, extra curvy or, you know, my hair is not straight anymore and all these other things that have now factored into the way that I live my life. And it's okay. And I'm coming to the point of like, I'm becoming okay with who I am. And I think that that's super important, especially for me having gone through so many years of this shit. Yes. Like so many years, but also... I, I would like to be that hopeful person again. I mean, I know, like, we joke around and my Minnesota family calls me <laughs> the Grinch of love. And and it's true. Like, I, every time I roll my eyes at different things, because I think it's so stupid, I don't 
I don't want it like I used to want it, but it would be not, it's a, something that's a nice to have, but in a different way of like, everybody's coming at it as equal partners. And I would like for someone to actually want to be with me uh, yes. rather than for me to have to want someone uh, to want to be with me so much uh, and honey. have to work for it so hard. So that, I think those are the differences and how things work now and how I see things. I'm appreciative of Tamu from God knows how long until like fucking three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> when she stopped realizing that a bartender at a bar is just a bartender at a bar and trying <laughs> to get some tips and not actually flirting with you. And then anytime you walk out the door, like you're not going to just walk into a romantic situation. Yes. There's that hope. That hope has technically died. And I think that's sort of okay because then it, it frees you just to go out and have fun and be yourself. Yes. You don't have to always be like worrying about and wondering and like looking behind you and seeing if someone's like staring at you and like if you're making eye contact and doing all that shit. Like who gives a fuck? Like it really doesn't matter. As long as you're happy with who you are, the person that you are, and that you continue to keep growing and striving in different ways, it's great. It'd be wonderful to have a relationship it would be wonderful to have that companionship. And it's very interesting because, like, the legacy of the women in my family, I'm breaking a lot of um, old cycles. Yes. And maybe that's my role is to be that pioneer. And that might not necessarily mean that I end up with the quote-unquote happy ending of picket yes. fences and whatever else. Obviously, I am now older and I have bypassed a lot of my women milestones. I will probably never have children. I most likely will never be married. I'm breaking all of those, the norms that we have in our society, which is fine. Um, there was a point in time where during the end of the Bjorn situation and the Sven situation, I literally was calling Hillary sobbing and saying that this, I, I now realize I'm never going to have children. Oh, honey. You know what I mean? And that's a hard thing because... I was always fearful of having children because I didn't want to pass all of my stuff on to kids and bring this legacy of gross and mental illness to a child. But I knew how important it was for my parents to have a grandchild and to have you understand the, the, the component of bringing like your legacy of your, of your heritage and bringing your family lineage forward. I'm the only girl in my family. Right. So it kind of almost sort of dies with me. But I mean, the boys potentially could do something and that's great. But like, I end it. I will no longer birth. I won't be able to birth children. Um, so they won't be of my of our family bloodline, probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, but you have done so much more, Tamara. Sure. Like, but as a woman and as a woman growing up in the time I grew up I and having all of those But like if you were to ever on you. If you were to ever adopt. Sure, it'd be great. I know the bloodline. I don't even line, know if I could. Still. I don't even know if I'm capable of it because I'm like fucking kids are a pain in the just ass. <laughs> my own like my honest to God wish is for you to love yourself as much as I love you. Mm-hmm. That's all, like... And it's my wish Because I love you so much. You, me to love uh, myself as much as everybody that it, I know it, loves it, me it and It breaks my it. heart. And like, I'm working on it. It's I know you are. We on. all are. But just, like, hearing your past self and then hearing anything from now, all I want is just... I just want to hold and then just be like, <laughs> you are loved. 
You are so But it wouldn't matter. You could tell your me mind. that all you want. Tamu, I'm telling you right now that Tamu, your you know mind I mean? right now. I love you. I know. I love you Everything too. you have to offer. I'm a great person. I, love. I get it. And I know that you will not receive this information <laughs> for another three months to a Probably year. Probably. I'll have to read some new but journals. But the fact of the matter is, is that you are so loved and just, you, you are a lovely, wonderful human being. Mm-hmm who just deserves more than anything I could even think of. We all deserve. I know. We all deserve. But stop thinking we all deserve and realize you deserve it too. <laughs> but we all deserve. And I deserve. We all, yeah. Yep. I deserve. You deserve. He deserves. He's a pepper. She's a pepper. We're all no, pepper. There's a couple of people who don't deserve, let me just say. True. Again. Um, I can think of plenty of people at this time that do not deserve and did not deserve back in the past. No. And not necessarily fine. within my time. <laughs> not my timeline. But. But it, it. It all works itself out. And, you know, listen, if I didn't go through this and if I wasn't going through whatever, we wouldn't probably have this podcast to kind of talk about true, it now and try true, to true, true. figure out the blessings we're counting. Yay! <laughs> so that is how I got to now and how I am now kind of a cynic. Not kind of, a real cynic. <laughs> I cannot watch anything without being like, <laughs> okay, then would you change anything? Of my past? Yeah. Would you literally, if knowing where you are today and what you're doing, would you legitimately say, okay, at that point, this is what I would change? Like, would you have spot, stopped speaking with Bjorn about a certain subject, like when you ended it, when you did? Would you have just been like, okay, I guess things are as they are, and then just done your own thing? Or do you think, like, just to have at least, like, made it so that he would have called you more often and been more of the French? Or are you happy, or would you have ended it? faster is there a moment that you would have are you just happy that things have turned out the way that they have turned out and been like I'm glad that now I am at least coming where I'm at the one thing I would really have changed was when I moved here I would have lived on my own if I had moved here and lived on my own I would not have stayed with Sven nearly as long okay um in terms of Bjorn I would change how I related to it because I'm like, oh my God, this is finally it. Right. Instead of doing what it was, which was like a booty call or friends with benefits or like, you know, having a fuck buddy. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't understand those concepts. That's not who I am. Like I'm a relationship girl and that's what I do. Right, right, right. That was what this was, was like fuck buddies and it wasn't anything serious like I thought it was. Right, right, right. So that I would have. Okay. All right. I don't have a poem <laughs> in the these no times. <laughs> I'm alive. That's pretty much the most important thing about that. Yes. Thank um, you. And thank now you, you, you all get to experience and enjoy. And yes. Delight in my sadness. Oh from gosh. You have not had sadness. I mean, like I know that you oh, I've have had sadness. had sadness, but I just mean in the sense of like. I mean, I'm fucking here. Fuck you. (laughs) I said already that I have these wonderful relationships that are love relationships that are not romantic. I'm enough, Tamu. I'm enough. None of you hoes is enough. None of you have a dick. There you go. And I don't want to fuck any of you. Well, good. Because in the other sense, I'm glad I don't You're not going to fuck me over. Right? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's all a friend can oh, ask for. <laughs> I'll be in your quota group. I'll be like, here's some condoms, here's some blue. Oh my God, you dance. are always like that. <laughs> Literally every time. Don't get pregnant, Mallory. Here's a condom, Mallory. Don't get pregnant, Mallory. I would say something right now, but I won't. <laughs> hey, I didn't have the problem. All I'm saying is that the cookies that I made are made with coconut oil. Oh my Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking, I'm never going to live that down. Ever. Ever. God. No, you're not. Shit. Well, that was an emotional Oh, music. yeah, absolutely. A roller coaster of emotions. Uh, any questions or anything else before? What I feel is that. Every single time we have a podcast, I need to have a segment that just shines a light on my beautiful poetry. <laughs> Please and thank you. I have said this from the moment you said had you had poetry. I was like, and enough for every single podcast, please? God knows I have enough oh of it. Oh, my God. You were a really good writer. And every single time you tell me that you're done, I don't know why. Because well, I don't have the, the yen anymore. It's not in me. For Jesus Christ, yes, you do. Mm-mm. Fuck that shit. Mm-mm. Whatever. No, I just create podcasts. Look at that. Whatever. You're welcome, America. <laughs> or the gym. <laughs> oh, so now you guys understand and know the podcast is more of a therapy session. <laughs> not really. All, not all. This is our way of being like, this is what's going on. God, this is where we're at from. Oh my God, yes, please. I want them all this dark. No, I don't. They need oh my to be God. funny. That's the whole point. Like, we're actually funny. <laughs> this is. Hey, my past is hilarious. <laughs> well, your dance fight was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> we were just, you know, making sure. For sure. I mean, like, what other fights end in you going to a fucking basketball court to make some three pointers? So if you're not high school musical, I don't know what is. Oh my god. That's such a glee moment. Which fuck my life. That there's ever any moment that I would ever have a moment with glee. I have been against the show since the beginning. If you want to talk about like music we hate and what we won't do or anything, I am like I'm so specific about what musicals I will listen to and what I'll watch. Now you know a little bit more about who we are. If you have, you know way too much. Now we have (laughs) to kill you. (laughs) If you have any questions, concerns, or uh, anything like that, email us. Suggestions for sure. Well, we have a a great therapist. I'm just gonna say, like for fuck's sake, we actually share a therapist. Yes, we do, which is super weird (sighs) in some respects. But like, I would not trade Jan for the world. But yeah, so uh, send us questions send us your own stories please 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 i can't please, be the only please. one who had, had this issue and uh any like comments anything so you can email us at uh, bad at love podcast at gmail.com uh, bad at love pod at twitter bad at love podcast for instagram we and are facebook. on facebook anything like that um share embarrassing stories even if they have nothing to do with what we shared i am pretty sure other people have more embarrassing they have to have more embarrassing Please see that was my concern. Was like we're gonna do this, and then people are gonna be like, Uh, 
send them our way. We will not associate you with said story. We will just say a listener Give us an amazing Nordic name for us to use for a pseudonym, and we're on it. Love it. Love it. Um, So, yeah, we hope you enjoyed just the the, all of our podcasts are going to be this way. This is more of, again, here's how we're at, here's where we're coming from. Our next podcast, we will have um, one of my good friends, Sarah, who's going to be coming in. She's going to do a tarot reading for each of us that's going to be our future love. I am not excited about that. You think I hated this? Oh, my God. No, it'll be fabulous. It'll it'll tell me what everything I know, which is going to be like, oh, you're sad and lonely and it's great. Um, so I'm excited to just be like, good, because I've been hugging and enveloping that notion for years. Or the opposite. Fuck that. Um, I mean, I had, to be fair... I had one of those when I was 18. I had a, like, tarot thing that told me that I was going to fall in love and it was going to be hardcore and it could be, like, the one type of thing. And I was very questionable about the whole experience. So we'll talk more about that in the next podcast. I had one tell me that I was going to have seven kids. It ended up being that seven of my friends had kids all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) You paid for that. All right, so... Thank you so much. Subscribe, rate us, um, and we hope that you enjoy what we have Don't to tell. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks we'll see listening. whether or not we actually get to Argentina. <laughs> they got wine, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we care about. We'll see you, Argentina. Bye. Bye. Look at that. You're welcome, America. Or the gym. (laughs) Gym.